0: rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals.
1: Stand by. Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen.
0: Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Rachel. And I'm Roberta. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. A couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to our podcast and leave us a royal rating of five stars. Or you can email us at info at gallerypodcast.com. Please do. We love hearing from you.
1: Yes, we love hearing from you guys. Before we talk about all the royal things, we wanted to take a minute to acknowledge everything going on in the U.S. right now. It's devastating, it's eye-opening, and it's shining a light on injustices that have occurred in this country for centuries. As your host of Royally Obsessed, we always strive to provide a welcome escape, I guess you'd call it, through our coverage of the royals, but we can't ignore the systemic racism and injustice that has plagued this country and the Black community for centuries. It's especially impacted one person we talk about a lot on this show, Meghan Markle, who left her senior royal status behind because of the merciless badgering, but also just overt racism cast her way by the British press. She reminded us this week via her virtual commencement at addressed to Immaculate Heart High School, her alma mater, that we cannot stay silent on these matters. The change that we want to see and that is so desperately needed starts from within all of us. And so we pledge to listen and learn from you, our audience.
0: We just want to say, please reach out to us via our podcast email or via DM about what we can do to be better. We also want to make a commitment to you guys that as conversations about race come up on our various platforms, be it Royally Obsessed, the Facebook group or on Instagram, our stance on racist hate speech is clear. It won't be tolerated. Change has to start somewhere. Roberta and I have talked a lot about this, and this is our commitment to you that we are a part of that absolutely imperative effort. Um, We've also both personally made donations on behalf of causes like the Equal Justice Initiative and Black Lives Matter, which Harry and Meghan are now involving themselves in, Black Lives Matter specifically. Um, And because our row rows are amazing, we encourage you all to do the same. We are both looking forward to continuing to have an open dialogue on this topic going forward.
1: Well said, Rachel. Well said. So we have so much coming up on this week's episode of The Royal Pod. We're discussing Meghan's virtual commencement speech, like we just mentioned, to the Immaculate Heart High School, where she spoke out about George Floyd's killing, among others. We're also doing a deeper dive into the Tatler piece on Kate Middleton, which, as you'll recall, was my low from the last episode. And we're talking about Harry and Meghan's recent security concerns, the Queen's mini Trooping the Color celebration, all that and so much more coming up
0: gosh, we have a lot this episode. A lot. <laughs> I mean, we
1: say that every time, Roberta, but we do. <laughs> in our royal refreshment this week. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail.
0: Cheers. This
1: is a big... Cheers. <laughs> We're drinking rosé.
0: You have yours in such a pretty glass. Well, thank you. It's like a little... It's a, um uh, my grandfather's glass I just found. We don't have actual wine glasses here, which is um crazy, but I've been making, obviously... Anything works. I don't need an official wine glass. Of course. Um, any vessel of any, any vessel. <laughs> Bring the rose to my lips. But um right. it it honestly has been the easiest beverage, I think, so far of our tenure on the show. It's just like it definitely has. I feel like you just put it, throw it in the fridge. I even it. had a twist off top for my bottle, so <laughs> amazing. Do you remember what kind it was? Do you oh, have the brand? No. I think it was like um. Oh my gosh! Like angel is it, what is it? It's like something. I can, oh
1: yeah, what is that called? Whispering Angels? angel or something? Like yes, that? yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not bad. Okay, I've heard Not of bad. Mine. I have Flora Springs, which is pretty good. It's um, but I read something. It's like the darker. Well, first of all, I have so much ice in mine. I mean, like, you got to do what you got to do. It's packed with <laughs> with ice because it's hot and it's Florida. Um, but that the darker color of the rose, it means it's more sweet. Have you noticed that? I mean, mine is much lighter, so I, it makes
0: sense that mine is dry.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would that make sense, sense though. Me. All right, well, cheers. I feel like we're <laughs> we're like <laughs> downing a huge gulps like of this. Six six. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, it's only it's only Tuesday for us over here. Um, but while we're sipping, we wanted to share a super lovely email we received from Amanda. It starts off Roby and Roberta, Roe and Roe, which <laughs> made me laugh <laughs> only
1: because we totally love you, Amanda. Um, but I think it would be Ra and Roe, right? Ron Roe. It'd be Rachel and Roberta. So but we could. That's my fault because that's confusing. I have my Instagram name as Robbie Frito, yeah. even though I go by Roberta. So that's that's my love fault. it.
0: Can I like adopt? I wanna be just Robbie so we can have the <laughs> Well, Ro- I think
1: it's Rose. Wait. <laughs> We're just confused. Amanda's note is so so, so
0: sweet. So sweet. All right, I'm gonna read it. Um First, how fitting is it that your names literally make up the nickname for the Royally Obsessed fans? We will give you that. Anyway, California transplant to the deep south here and loving your East Coast take on all things British. Fun fact, both of my pregnancies have aligned with the Duchess pregnancy. My first son Parker was born a few months before Prince George in 2013. And my second son, Finn, was born just a couple weeks before Archie last year. So I got to share being pregnant with both Kate and Megan. Attached is a selfie of Parker and me in front of Kensington Palace in 2017 before we toured the inside. I'm teaching the love for the monarchy young. Keep up the great work, ladies. Smiles, Amanda. The photo is adorable another finn yeah Finn oh my, my gosh, son's name Bobby. i amanda, I love the name Finn, well, well chosen, but that photo that you sent us is absolutely so adorable, and I feel like the obsession does rub off I mean, I've said before that my mom swears that. I'm obsessed with the royals because she religiously watched Princess Diana when she was pregnant with William. They were – she was pregnant with me. So I feel like it does work. Just take them to Kensington Palace, (laughs) do all the travel, read them all the books. young. They before they
1: were born. I also just realized, Bowie, we could do Robos because Bowie and Roberta. Oh, that's so – Or Robbie and Bowie. Robos. Robos. Or bo (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Roberta, I, I love where your head is at. We're going to like have a whole brainstorm after <laughs> this. Just... We'll
1: think on this more. Amanda, thank you so much for writing in. That was, that was a great letter. And now for this week in royal history. And now this week in royal history. First, we have to give a royal shout out to Prince Philip. The Duke of Edinburgh turns the big 99 this 99, week. 99, Roberta. I believe. He's almost 100.
0: I mean, that is
1: centenarian. Amazing. I mean, both
0: him and the queen. It's just, but it's, I mean, 99.
1: Happy birthday, Prince Philip. Happy birthday, Prince Philip. So he's, you know, pretty shy about his birthday. But he was born June 10th, 1921 at Villa Mon Repos in Corfu, Greece. Prince Charles opened up last week to Sky News about not seeing his father on his birthday, which is sad because they're all, you know, social distancing still, and said that while they've been doing FaceTime, it's been terribly sad and that he, quote, really wants to give people a hug. Aww. Oh. I know. I mean, it definitely uh, is hard. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, it's like we're mi-
0: we're all missing a lot of each other's birthdays, but like when your dad is turning 99, that has to be really. I mean, you want to be, be there. So tough. yeah, Right? And
1: they have probably haven't seen each other for so long too. Mm-hmm. So, and Prince Charles had coronavirus. Yeah. So, I think that, that was probably really hard too to not see his family after that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the, yeah, the Daily Mail reported that Prince Philip will celebrate by having lunch with the Queen. He's Super low key about his birthday. We know this. Um, at uh, one year when he was at the Buckingham garden party it happened to coincide with his 93rd birthday the ushers advised well-wishers not to mention his birthday to him. and it makes me mo- laugh so much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one woman tried to actually give him a birthday gift and he refused he said he didn't want to lug it around the garden i feel
0: quotes. like that's a very like <laughs> diplomatic response like i don't feel like lugging it around the garden but he really just doesn't like anyone mentioning it or making a fuss that's he's so-
1: super he's super low-key about it he's just i feel like very um low-key about his all of his accomplishments too yeah in general he's just um you know kind of it seems like he is very well liked by the palace staff but he's just um yeah, yeah doesn't doesn't make it a big deal doesn't I hope at the very least they're,
0: uh, you know, Camilla's getting the house party app going and they're playing some virtual games or something.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> to
0: celebrate. Hopeful. Hopefully she's, you know, making them all dial in together and celebrating. And there may
1: be a chance we see them this yeah. weekend.
0: Yes, which is so exciting. So lots of royal news to dig into. Um, but first and foremost, I mean, okay, Queen Elizabeth has a lot going on. Considering she's in lockdown, I feel like there's a lot of news to share. So first, Roberta, you called it. Um, at age 94, Queen Elizabeth was spotted spending lockdown riding horses at Windsor it. Castle. So, I mean, we talked about her birthday when um, back in April and we were like, what do you think she's doing to spend the time in lockdown? And and you you said exactly this, maybe riding
1: horses. Riding horses. Well, she, I just feel like that's her passion. And like that is like her favorite thing in life is horses. And so I think that like even at ninety four, like that is what she wants to do. That's how she wants to spend her time. Yeah, I don't think that's going to stop. And you know, as long as they're taking the right safety precautions and everything, like she's going to keep riding those horses exactly. But let's talk about the safety
0: because so the pictures that were released on Instagram um, by the Queen um, were showed Her Majesty riding horseback, but without a helmet. <laughs> she did look very chic in her she green had this jacket cute and her- little pink scarf on. Yeah. On her head. I mean, and, and she can do what she wants. I mean, she's the queen of England, but I feel like I wish that, she, I mean, COVID aside, I would love for her to wear a helmet, but you know, I'm sure that, so she was wearing, um, she was riding Balmoral Fern, which is a 14 year old fell pony. I mean, I'm sure they're f- super familiar with the, um, you know, or the pony or horses that she's choosing to ride. So, I mean, I trust that people are taking the right precautions.
1: Right. But like, just put a helmet on her. Yeah, like. I Come on, guys. Come like, on. Just put a helmet on. Her. Just put a helmet on. Exactly. She looked so happy, though, I have to say. She had like a little smile on her face and like she that's like I said before, she just that's who she is. That's what she loves. I know. And She's it is. It. I mean, it's kind of cool. Like when you think about a lot of the sports, like i I play
0: tennis and I feel like tennis isn't that bad of a sport for social distancing. But like, Horseback riding is ideal I mean it's just you on the horse you need someone yeah. obviously if you're 94 to help you get on the horse or anybody needs help getting on a horse but um but I feel like it's a great great idea so I'm yeah. glad that she's getting out and getting some fresh air and everything but that's not all it's like we said there's so much going on with the queen but June 2nd marked the 67th anniversary of her coronation which took place on June 2nd 1953 at Westminster Abbey we're gonna play a quick uh quick clip from that time
1: I here present
0: unto you, Queen Elizabeth, your undoubted queen. Wherefore, all you who are come this day to do your homage and service, are you willing to do the same?
1: And. Reminder, she was only 27 years old when she became queen and the eight hour long ceremony was watched by 27 million people in the UK alone wild. Unbelievable. I mean, I it's funny
0: that the numbers actually line up with her age. I didn't notice that until now, but yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um And um wow. so yeah, during the ceremony, the queen took the coronation oath and was anointed, blessed, and consecrated by the archbishop. Afterwards, she received the orb and scepter. St. Edward's crown was placed on her head. And I love this fun fact. So the royal family shared all about this last week um, on their Instagram story. Um One of the things that I didn't know about the coronation is that Prince Charles was invited personally, um, they made an invitation for him that was hand-painted hand with storybook-like illustrations of the Queen's guards, a lion, and a unicorn and invited Prince Charles to the coronation, his I think mom's coronation.
0: I, I loved that photo and I think it's such a cool mom move like that Queen Elizabeth would be that thoughtful and kind of make sure that like, because you need a way to get, you know, your kids who are probably, you know, not totally aware of what's going on at that age. Um, i right. excited about it. I thought it was so sweet and And total, totally child friendly. It's
1: like your mom is doing this cool thing, and you you probably want to be
0: there for the history books. uh, So we're gonna like oh, talk about it. We're gonna frame it in a way that you totally understand it. So here's your um your invitation that's illustrated. I think that that's brilliant.
1: Another fun fact that was really cool I read, um, among the many foreign journalists that were there was Jacqueline Bouvier, which we will we know as the first lady of the U.S., Jackie Kennedy later on, um, wow. who was working for the Washington Times-Herald at the time, so obviously before she married JFK, but yeah. She was there covering it. So I thought that was really cool. Wow. I mean, yeah, the queen has so much
0: to celebrate. It's a banner month for her um, because also, I mean, it's so basically, you know, the queen's birthday was in April, but that's her official birthday. And she typically celebrates in her summer ceremony, the second Saturday Saturday of June with Trooping the Color. And we everyone we were told that was canceled. It is canceled. We won't see the balcony appearance. But we just also got word um that she will be appearing at a small brief military ceremony at Windsor Castle to mark her birthday. Um this is awesome news. We might so excited we should get a glimpse of the queen because from everything we've read, it will air on the BBC. Um there won't be anyone at the actual ceremony because of social distancing and covid and all the all of those precautions but um it, there's definitely going to be something to mark the occasion at Windsor yeah, castle yeah it's like a
1: mini trooping the color at home it's like if i can't have trooping the color in london bring the ceremony to me <laughs> Know. Because when you're the queen you can say that and You that's can make what that happens. call. It actually yeah. made me laugh, Roberta,
0: because it said like there will be we might well, you know, I think the understanding is we might get new images and videos of the monarch. But so Chris Jackson, are you getting to go? I just wanna know. <laughs> I hope so. Oh I feel gosh. like he covers Did the he royal- know
1: about this when he was on the show and didn't tell oh I know,
0: Chris. We have a lot of questions still. Um, but I feel like it's very uh very exciting. I will it's so it's taking place on Saturday, June thirteenth. Um, and we don't you know other than the fact we know that a few members of the welsh guard will be be marching and waving their flag aka trooping the color and there'll be a royal salute we don't know who will be in attendance true uh, like there's no information about that other than that the queen will be there
1: right so like it's not expected that family will go because they are still social distancing but sophie and edward um of count countess of Earl of Wessex and Countess of Wessex, sorry, um, live 10 miles away from Windsor at Bagshot Parks. So they're pretty close. And Sophie's also. been out
0: kind of a bit, I feel like. So I feel like there's yeah, a good chance that she's she would. has been volunteering a you lot. Know. So
1: maybe she. Yeah. And then also um, Prince Andrew, Duke of York, lives super close. Um, he lives in Windsor Great Park, but I do not think he will be pictured there.
0: I feel like this week has been particularly. I mean, it just continues. All the Jeffrey Epstein stuff continues to crop up in the news in particular this week. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The Department of Justice has formally requested basically subpoenaed Prince Andrew to answer additional questions about his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein, the Department of Justice in the US. So that's still unfolding. What's going to happen there if he'll be um, coming over here? But um, but yeah, so I don't I doubt they would want a photo op there.
1: I didn't know that they could demand someone from the royal family like answer questions i was
0: reading i think it's a pretty murky thing i and and actually the prince's side um prince andrew's side commented and said that they've already offered his availability to do interviews there's a lot of like diplomacy going on because obviously we have a relationship and all that stuff but um but so i think it's influx what actually will happen, but he has been formally subpoenaed according to multiple reports. So I doubt he'll be there, but hopefully, I mean, gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if like William and Kate like could social
1: distance and be there and get new pictures of them. Yeah. yeah. Although we've seen them so much. It's kind of crazy. Like we've seen and heard from them more than ever. So I think that that's, you know, the interesting aspect of this is that like, I feel like I know them better. Obviously, I don't know them at all, but like no, but I do feel do. like hearing their voice all the time. Like I yeah, I just feel like we didn't get that with all the the engagements that they have before.
0: Yeah, we hear from them so, so, so much. And um, but yeah, but I, I also I mean, the queen is just duty above all else. And I even think the horse riding photo is like it's just another sort of act of you know, they released it for a reason. It's like you're seeing the queen out and about. Um, She's still strong as ever. And I love that about her.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, so moving on, so we mentioned this up front at the episode, but we wanted to talk in length about it. So Meghan Markle addresses the death of George Floyd in her commencement speech to Immaculate Heart High School. Um, she gave a really heartfelt speech, and we are going to play a clip.
0: What is happening in our country and in our state and in our hometown of L.A. has been absolutely devastating. Um, And I wasn't sure what I could say to you. I wanted to say the right thing and I was really nervous that I I wouldn't or that it would get picked apart and I realized the only wrong thing to say is to say nothing because George Floyd's life mattered and Breonna Taylor's life mattered and Philando Castile's life mattered and Tamir Rice's
1: life mattered. And so did so many other people whose names we know and whose names we do not know. So a little background about that. Um, Sussex team allowed Essence magazine, which celebrates black women and voices, to break the story. It's interesting to see if this sets a precedent for how their news is released. Like, are they releasing it to certain outlets? They definitely, when they broke away from the royal family made a point to say like we want to highlight diverse voices that aren't your typical um you know the royal rhoda or whatever so i think that they this is a prime example of what they meant by that and that they're kind of fulfilling that with this um she mentions in that clip the only wrong thing to say is to say nothing and she talks about she was worried um about her statement being picked apart i feel like To me, that was one of the most poignant and heartbreaking parts because I think, you know, it's really sad on so many levels that she, a black woman living in America, is afraid to say anything. And that kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, goes back to the way she was treated by the tabloids in the UK. Um, We mentioned this before. I think it's everything is taken out of context, especially with her. I think that
0: it's like they they slice and dice and they make yeah, I mean, I, I can understand her saying it, but it it really is very um, heartbreaking to hear that at the outside of the totally. video that she was unsure about saying anything. For yeah, that and reason. I think when
1: I think picked apart, I think um, of tabloid coverage specifically like they, you know, the headlines are meant to be clicky for a reason and they kind of either misconstrue or blow it out of proportion. Um, or are overt overtly racist, which I, I mean,
0: which is unbelievable. Yeah. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah. So um, she also talks about being 11 years old and she experienced the L.A. riots and looting and how the memory of that time has stuck with her through her whole life. Um, She says to the graduating class, she says, I know, you know, that black lives matter and we need you. So she's definitely addressing them specifically and saying, you know, you are the next generation of leaders and we'll look to you for your guidance and um, you have the ability to make real Impactful change. Um, and we also found out that her and Prince Harry have been doing more work behind the scenes um, with community leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement and so Omid, of course has the scoop as he always does with these things um in harper's Bazaar, he said both megan and harry have been quietly having meetings behind the scenes with people on all levels to make sure they are educated and connected to the issues of police brutality in the black lives matter movement another source revealed to harper's that harry and megan have been having private conversations with community leaders and people at every level to ensure they understand current events by speaking to as many people and organizations as possible it's been a way for them to feel connected to everything that's going on and learn more about the issues surrounding it so it sounds like they're doing a lot I don't know if we'll I mean I don't know if this is going to be a cause that they like champion personally and make it more like you know part of like almost like a patronage um I hope so I hope they continue their work and I feel like it really inspires people to see them working towards it Totally. And I still,
0: I mean, I feel like we saw this before where, you know, the accidental screenshot that was shared of their, of their work, um, with the shout, it was shout, right? I'm, I'm just, the crisis yep. text line, crisis text line. I feel like, um, Harry and Megan just, I really applaud that they do so much behind the scenes. Obviously this isn't a cause to stay silent on and Megan made that clear, but I think that, um, they really are digging their hands in doing the work. Um, it's it's not about them, and I I think that that is particularly admirable. You know, they really want to use their um, status and voice and platform for good, and I think that they can actually do a lot when it comes to Black Lives Matter. I think that because of that platform, totally.
1: And it's important to note that they're doing the work behind the scenes because they're educating themselves and getting up to speed on everything. I think, you know, before they that. Before Meghan Markle kind of released this commencement speech, there was a it was almost like a vacuum. Like, when are they going to say something like we need to hear from them? We need to hear from them. And I think they're taking their time and they're really digging in to what um, they want to do to champion this. And I think that we're going to see a lot more from them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I look forward to that. Also, we have to mention William, Kate, Megan, and Harry's mental health charity Heads Together also issued a statement and participated in Blackout Tuesday. Um, The Queen's Commonwealth Trust and the Diana Award have also issued statements. Megan, though, is the only royal to address this movement personally.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me i found that slightly disappointing that we didn't see any comment on it from the official instagram accounts i don't know how you felt i just i was disappointed i feel like sure. i kept I kind like of checking and i think yeah. that it you know marches were happening and protests were happening everywhere it wasn't just a us movement it was an international movement so i feel like it would have been nice to hear from the queen or hear from um kate and william on the matter but i do think that they did it via like heads together as you said and other ways and and um and i love that megan like we talked about before with going through essence but they you know they don't have their their instagram anymore and they don't have well set up or in motion so it's cool that they are being how they are disseminating news and doing it their way
1: exactly yeah and i do think like <sighs> for me it's it's i still feel like i'm waiting to hear from prince william and kate middleton and the queen and i think you know maybe that's fruitless to kind of continue to hold my breath for that and i I am disappointed because it's like a lot of people said, well, you know, in the U.S. it's a political issue. It's not a political issue. Mm -hmm. It's affecting the entire world. It is a human issue and one that every single person on earth needs to address. And so I think that that their silence is a little deafening Mm -hmm. and and it really – Yeah, it's a little disheartening, I guess, more than a little. Maybe we
0: can give the queen the benefit of the doubt and say, because I don't think with COVID she spoke out immediately. So maybe we will hear, as you said, like it might be something where she makes a statement. I'm obviously, who knows, but, but I feel like, you know, we, we still obviously are hopeful that we will hear more from them. And, and I do think that they champion these, you know, talk about a a lot of this in other ways, but we just, yeah, I think it would have been nice in the moment.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, also, we need to mention last week that Prince Harry, two of his passion projects merged. So um, the Endeavor Fund Awards, which was is now part of the Invictus Games, it was formerly under the Royal Foundation's purview. Um, as you'll remember, the Royal Foundation was William, Harry and Kate's philanthropic arm. Um, Megan joined when she married Harry, but then they both stepped down shortly before announcing their exit from the Royal family. So that's kind of nice and exciting that he can now have the Endeavor Fund Awards under Invictus. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, do you think we'll see more of these charities kind of condense and refocus? Yeah, I
0: mean, I can't even imagine, like, as they get Archuel up and running, like, I totally believe that COVID is their, like, you know, behind the scenes time to get everything, all their ducks in a row. And I can't imagine, like, the re sort of calibrating reorganization that's going on for Harry and Megan and and figuring all that out. Like you said, they might, I mean, Archwell might just be one aspect. We might see other, you know, possible website, a Goop-like like website, as um, yeah. Micah Meyer said when she came on the show. Um, I feel like they just have to be, like, slicing and dicing so many things. So this is probably the, the first. Behind the behind-the-scenes,
1: yeah, the behind-the-scenes work on just the organization of their orgs yeah. is crazy and probably takes, you know – a village to kind of figure out what are they going to keep as, you know, non-royals? What are, what's the Royal Foundation going to be in charge of, which is William and Kate? Like, what is going to stay? What's going to go? I think that that's, and that's probably why they have this year of review to kind of. to sort um, all these things out. Exactly. There's so many questions, like, they wouldn't have been able to sort it out in just that one or two months that they had to kind of. Yeah, so, But I'm excited. Wait for
0: the moment when, like, at Archwell, I'm still convinced that'll be the handle and that's the blue square on that
1: account. <laughs> but
0: I feel like gosh, I'm, I haven't for, checked
1: in in a while. I haven't the either. Instagram. I need to go Ooh. back on and look. But and just see. wait
0: for that to it's launch a word. It will just be like, oh. <laughs> I can't wait for them to have Notifications their own. Notifications immediately yeah. <laughs> yeah. on for every post, every story every post. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think that they are really kind of getting everything set up and they already have quite an amazing team that they've been building one by one. So
1: yes. Yes. Okay.
0: We have to talk about the Tatler story. We have Roberta and I, if you could see our text chain, our Slack messages, our just phone calls, not even, you know, video calls. We've just talked about this a lot and we are excited to kind of unpack it a How bit. How many here. times have you read it? So I think I've read it nine times now. <laughs> I think I've read it like
1: five. So that's that's impressive that you've almost read it twice. I know I feel I am actually done.
0: like conflicted about the traffic I'm giving it unintentionally, but I just I, I feel like I keep like reading it different ways. Um but so we wanted to bring it up. Cat as you guys recall, Catherine the Great. We lightly talked about it two weeks ago via Roberta's Low, but there are some updates, and namely that the biggest one is that Kate and William are taking legal action against the publication and are demanding that the piece be removed be removed from the internet at once. Um, we talked about how Kensington Palace has released a rare statement condemning the piece for its swath of inaccuracies and false misrepresentations. Misrep- um, the piece does chart Kate's ascent to the throne, but it's also full of jabs about the Sussexes and a description of Kate as savior of the monarchy. But it also, I mean, this is my take I'm like inferring here, but it make, kind of makes her out to be a manipulative puppeteer behind the scenes a little bit. Um, the statement that the Cambridges likely have the most issue with is the assertion that Kate is furious about her larger workload since Harry and Meghan's departure. The quote, which comes from an anonymous royal friend, says, Of course, Kate's smiling and dressing appropriately, but she doesn't want this. She feels exhausted and trapped. She's working as hard as a top CEO who has to be wheeled out all the time without the benefits and boundaries of plenty of holidays.
1: This is awful. Yeah. Like, that quote, and I think that's what Kensington Palace probably has the most Yeah. Kind of- problem with is that like painting her as someone who is like dreading all of the like wonderful work that they're doing it's just like undermines everything that they've worked so hard for you yeah. know what i mean like it's just like oh she has to be wheeled out like that just I don't yeah know. it's a pretty it's cutting just... quote
0: and the other things that i mean these are royal insiders that are all speaking they i don't think that their their lawsuit didn't specifically say which claims they just asked that it be taken down but other royal insiders are saying the comments about her weight the piece calls her perilously thin um royal insiders have said that that is a sexist and uncalled for jab. Um, But for the record, the editor-in-chief of Tatler, who happens to be a friend of Kate's from her St. Andrew's days, stands behind the piece and the author who
1: wrote it. And supposedly he went to their wedding. Yeah, I did see that. And their private
0: reception, not just their wedding. So that's like, I think that they are definitely, I mean, we want to talk, I think, first, the first thing to dig into is also like in connection with the editor-in-chief, you know, Tatler isn't exactly a tabloid I mean it's a society no. bible for the rich and famous it's 119 years old and the royals supposedly really really read it
1: yeah I mean it's a glossy it's not like what you see in the checkout line of um of it's grocery Conde Nast stores. I think that produces it Conde Nast does yeah. yeah and it it is like it's upscale like it's it's not like us weekly I mean you know it's 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 glossy it's it's high society it's it's um i w- i would compare it more to like cuz i've bought issues of Tyler before when i went overseas and like i think it's like a vogue or a harpers so yeah. it's really i love i, mean, I have to
0: say cuz i went to the website so frequently for this i love that its tagline is the original social media that's kind of clever <laughs> right <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. It made me laugh. <laughs> um, I liked it. I liked it. But, um, but we also wanted to mention that, you know, Anna Pasternak, who's the author of the piece, her background is that she's the author of Princess in Love, which is the book that came out in 1995 about Princess Diana's alleged and later confirmed affair with James Hewitt. Um, she's which she said when that came out, it, I think it was about a, two years before Diana revealed it herself and confirmed that it was a true, it was true that she had the affair. um, but Anna has said that it ruined her life. Actually, that um, the book ruined the book. Anna's life. Yeah, it really was like a hard thing for her to recover from because of the backlash because people didn't want to believe oh. it. So I'm not saying that that is anything to do with this, but it's just interesting to know her history. I think it's worth worth bringing up. So what's your take? I want to like let's. I'm going to have a sip of wine. Yeah. Let's let's talk yeah. about
1: this. <laughs> so my first impression upon reading this was ouch. Um, since you know throughout the piece, Kate Middleton is called bland she's painted as this boring person who comes from a very middle-class background who like her you know highest achievement in life is that she gets to be you know queen one day and i think after reading it a couple times um My second thought is... I was going to say it five times. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. If the worst thing someone can say about you is that you have a genuine stoicism and that your enigmatic containment will enhance your sovereignty and that you're the savior of the royal family, then you're doing okay. Like, I think Kensington Palace needs to calm down. That to me, it is infuriating that they are putting their foot down about this particular article but Buckingham Palace never once put their foot down about Meghan's horrid press yeah. treatment and all, how all the tabloids painted you know either overtly racist headlines and and stories but also that they just never once stood up for her about the letter from her dad and all or letter to her dad and all these things so i think that to me just goes to show like and i think it does have something to do with the hierarchy probably and because william is going to be king and i think But still, that's no excuse. But
0: you did have an interesting take there, which I feel like is, again, a benefit of the doubt thing that we talked about um, offline was just that um, that maybe this is them turning a corner on that. I mean, it is from Kensington Palace, not Buckingham Palace, but I feel like that maybe the royals have learned from their past mistakes on that. But I think that's a major, you know, (laughs) benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think that if – if that is, and like, if we're thinking about Kensington Palace with the best intentions, um, and the benefit of the doubt, it's that they may have realized that not standing up against some of these reports is um will actually alienate people from the royal family, and mm-hmm. like, it will cause co- like Megan and Harry left because I think there were a lot of reasons, probably, but you know, one of the reasons was that the Treatment from the press was, and they no never one would defend them. a statement yeah. like this. Yeah, so I think that's hard. What was your take on this?
0: So my take on the piece, I feel like is is definitely in line with yours. But I do feel like one thing that really stood out to me is like in my nine readings of it is that I felt like. I think in the beginning, I thought it was just like the ultimate takedown of Kate, but I think now it's just much more of a subtle one. It like it really paints her as an, it asks, is she the ultimate power player? And it sets out to chronicle that and talk about, I mean, these were the sort of accolades where it talks about her having an impressive and queen-like backbone that enables her to flawlessly do the job at hand. I don't think of it personally because of my love of the queen. I don't find it negative to be compared to the queen. I think that that's kind of a huge compliment, but um, I think that her narrative the underlying, like read between the lines, narrative is like it says at the end: underestimate Queen Catherine at your peril. And I think that it comes across; it makes it sound like Kate is really quite calculating, and that you'll never really know her truly. That, um, but that's the secret to her success.
1: Like a bad thing that you're calculating. Like I almost feel like that's to her credit. Yeah, I feel like it makes her sound like she's like manipulative though. Like
0: that she's like the you know, some puppeteer like telling William how to sound and you know, kind of it's like she's kind of pulling the strings so that they come off with this image but it's but we don't really know who she is. And then they compare her they say they which I think this is really mean is I think I don't like the comments about her weight. I also don't like that they call her no Diana, but the the reference to Diana is like they they talk about with Diana it was you know, what you see is what she get what you get. She didn't kind of go to great lengths to hide who she was. And she was out, I think the, uh, you know, the off the cuff moments with Diana are kind of what made her so beloved. Um, and I felt like the piece kind of was like it, with Kate, you know, sh- have your guard up because she's got a plan. And I, I think that that aspect of it, I do think it was kind of this like underlying, very subtle, as I said, part of it, but I, it might not be a bad thing. I think it's how you take it, but I just feel like that sounds like she's not. Um, she's not as sincere or genuine or something like that. Or Or warm. Or warm. or or,
1: Yeah. I didn't
0: like that aspect of it. Um, But I also think it's worth mentioning that, you know, the article doesn't make Harry and Meghan look great either. I feel like it's like, it kind of makes them sound like it was a huge nuisance that Kate had to deal with and it was something she couldn't control and that was so annoying. So that part is kind of suspect to me as well. But But yeah, I mean... It's definitely a huge piece of press. We don't get to have these kind of great big reads on, you know, the life of Kate Middleton. And I, you know, was really looking forward to, to diving in. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of unfolds with the with their lawsuit if it gets thrown out, or what kind of happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there's also this um, perspective from Lainey Gossip that says um, this was a uh, kind of one of those friend tell all pieces that kind of went went wrong um we saw that with that's kind of a common tactic with the yeah. royals so we saw it's that so with Markle and the people magazine piece which we don't know if she sanctioned or not um But then there was also one with Diana, right? Yeah, Diana has used it to her, you know. And it's, I think, it's
0: that they're not allowed to overtly do these interviews, and it's actually pretty hard. I'm rereading the Andrew Morton biography right now um, on Princess Di. Yes, must read, please, everyone. If you if you've already read it, reread it because it's really good. And I think just with the current, um, you know, the younger royals, it's interesting to kind of go back in time a little bit. Um, But I think, yeah, I mean, the tell. The royal insider tactic as the interview source is just a long, long time practice.
1: Yeah. And so was that what um, Anna Pasternak was doing with this piece? Was it like she gathered a bunch of Kate's friends? They were going to paint a rosy picture of her. That picture ended up not being so rosy because I think people are like she has her guard up all the time and she's not easy to read. And I think that that's not the worst thing ever. And it's – I still go back to thinking, like, where was Buckingham Palace when these reports of Meghan, um, you know. Yeah,
0: when everything were, came they to They were light. not
1: – yeah, that they were not defending her at all. Yeah. And so, you know, she's been the subject of countless and uncalled for attacks in the press. And I think that this – either this is like Kensington Palace is now saying – Okay, we really need to put our foot down when it comes to these things. We've learned our lesson, or it's like, oh, we have we've prioritized who we want to defend. Mm-hmm. And Kensington Palace is the direct that is William and Kate's house. Like that's within yes, so
0: it's like that's it, their team. So it makes it's basically like saying the statement came from Kensington Palace is just like it came from William and Kate. So it's like it would have to have been. It's just it's it's interesting that it's their house. That's versus- true, because then
1: it's like Buckingham is like the queen also. So when it yeah. says it comes from Buckingham, it's definitely coming from the Queen's team as well. Yeah.
0: So it's interesting. Um we obviously want we can't, you know, Roberta and I can only talk to each other on this, but we really would love to hear what you guys thought of the piece. So please email us. I feel like this is a great, um, great opportunity to talk more about it because there's just it's yeah, I think it's a very there's a lot of different takes to be had and and we'll see what kind of unfolds.
1: Yeah, I would love to hear what you guys think. Drop us a line. So before we adjourn the Royal Pod, we want to talk about our highs and lows.
0: It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows.
1: So my low, um, there are a lot of reports of drones over Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's house. This is terrible. So the Daily Beast broke this story uh, last week, I believe, that the Sussexes have reported low-flying drones to the LAPD. The drones are only about 20 feet overhead, which is not high at all when you think about it. And they've been there when they're outside with baby Archie. This is awful because it's like, they just want to be with their child. Like, I just feel like this is such a breach of privacy. Um, They don't know who's flying them. They assume it's probably photographers, but they can't be sure of that assumption, a source told Entertainment Weekly. They also said it's really creepy that people could be taking photos. They feel like they're being invaded. It's especially scary when they're outside with Archie. It's Ugh. so
0: creepy and gross. I don't really like drones. I feel like I feel very conflicted about them, but like <laughs> I feel like I've seen a couple while up here just like and you don't know who they belong to and you're just like this what yeah, is it's going kind of on. Black mirror creepy. It's so creepy. And there's not because I've been Googling because I've seen some up where I'm staying um during COVID, is like I there's not much legislation about them either, which is very scary. So I feel like I mean, I cannot imagine. Twenty feet is so
1: so low. Yeah, it's like I had to figure this out. So it's two sets of staircases, which is just when you think about, like, if you stand up in your I mean, I'm sure Harry's, like, almost six feet tall or over that, like, that's so close to them. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of this, or kind of, you know, in parallel to this, they've hired an eight- thousand six hundred dollar per day security team that has been reportedly used by jeff bezos madonna and tom hanks um and no they are not getting help for paying for it by prince charles or the u.s government or anyone else um they are paying for it themselves so such a low i totally
0: that's awful Well, my low of the week involves Prince Andrew. So um, I want to first flash back to the um, Film BAFTA Awards in March. So this also made me laugh. Do you believe, can you believe that the, when, so remember when Brad Pitt, when Margot Robbie read Brad Pitt's speech at the BAFTA and he um, named his BAFTA award for, um, oh my gosh, what was the movie? I'm blanking on it. But um, the Quentin Tarantino movie.
1: Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Once
0: Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, in which he named um, his BAFTA award for that Harry because, quote, he was really excited about bringing it back to the States with him. Um, that whole thing was in March of this year. I
1: can't <laughs> believe that was in March. That feels like decades ago. I know, it made it's me laugh. Um, actually
0: wild. And it's only like, yeah, that was this year. So um, at the award ceremony, you'll cut to William and Kate, who good naturedly smiled and laughed. Um, Prince William is, happens to be president of the BAFTA award, so here's where my low comes in. The BAFTA TV awards were just announced and Prince Andrew's bombshell BBC Newsnight interview, the one where he talks about his ties to Jeffrey Epstein and the one that led him to resign from public royal duties, is up for the category of best news coverage. So my low isn't that it's nominated. It's that there's a chance that Prince William will have to again be the face of the family as the cameras cut to him in the audience when the nominees are called out.
1: Oh my gosh. Do you think they'll even go? I feel like they might not even go. That's
0: the caveat of my low is that I don't think A, the awards are in July. I don't think COVID is going to be solved by July. And Prince William has never attended the TV portion of these awards in the past. He's only gone to the film ones. Um,
1: But either way, it's just awkward well on a lighter note my high of the week was that a wonderful profile of sophie countess of wessex was um, published in the sunday times and um it was published last weekend so we've mentioned sophie a couple times on the podcast she's been thrust into the spotlight more and more um during these zoom calls she's been out volunteering and for her charitable work during the pandemic so in this profile she addresses her work she said she's always been pretty busy. So it's like, hey guys, I've always been here and you just didn't notice me, which I feel like that was kind of like,
0: oh. Does she have an, uh, her own Instagram? Maybe that's, I mean, I feel like it's like our channel to the Royals is so much through Instagram lately that I don't know, but I we, I feel like we are hearing about her more than ever, so. Yeah,
1: I need to look that up actually, I'm not sure. We'll look it up. <laughs> We're looking at it, it up now.
0: Okay, let's see. Um, Sophie.
1: Oh yeah, she does. Oh,
0: fan account, no. I don't think she does. I mean, I feel like we would be following. Let's see. Let's see. No. I think she just, it's through the royal family. Like all the press I'm seeing, it's like she uses the royal family as a channel. So interesting. Um, But I do feel like we are hearing from her more than ever.
1: Yeah. And I think like. You know, especially the um, the Zoom call with Kate that uh, was for N- International Nurses Day, um, She, where yeah. she was interacting with Kate so. a lot. It seems like she's just, you know, being more vocal, being um, maybe just more in the spotlight. Uh, she's been the Queen's favorite for a while, though. So even um, she's even getting asked. She was asked to ride in the Monarch's car on the way to Christmas services at Sandringham. Um, and royal commentator Emily Nash said the Queen is particularly fond of Sophie. So she we may see even more of her now. Um, she also said she hopes Meghan and Harry will be happy. She said we all try to help any new member of the family. So I think um, you know they did their best and Meghan and Harry, you know, there were a lot of other external factors probably going on, but that they did try to welcome them is what it sounds like but she was very succinct on that didn't go into detail um, and the last picture that we actually have of Sophie and Megan together is kind of recent it's them sitting together at Commonwealth Day this year and so they're sitting like right next to each other the two couples and I thought that was sweet because I think she was probably a good resource for Megan to lean on um, and that a lot of sources say they were close yeah. during that time in Megan's in Megan and Harry's time in the UK
0: yeah, I think it's just also nice to get to know like more of the Royals. Like I think we we look at everything so much through the lens of like William and um, Harry and Kate and Megan. It's like, okay, let's like branch out a little. I like Sophie kind of becoming more of a player in the in all of this. Totally. Same.
1: I like getting to know them.
0: Yeah. Um, my high of the week is actually um, the fact that, you know, the Hold Still um, photo campaign that Kate launched, um, she is actually leaving comments on photo submissions, So she really is in the weeds on this. She's like, You know, going through, vetting the photos. Um, And I actually first heard that she was doing this via the Royally Obsessed Facebook group. So shout out to you guys for always being the ultimate sleuths when it comes to scouting royal news. Um, But she is, when she comments, you know it's from her because she leaves a little C, a capital C um, in the comments of the people that are submitting and using the hashtag. Um, A perfect, she, some of the quotes that she has left or comments is a perfect example of hold still, the chance to re-engage and value the simple things around us, C or another example. Thank you for thank you so much for taking part in the whole Still project. I get so much joy from being outside and gardening too. See, I just like that it's not oh my God. Even a forum response. Like she's actually really engaging with these pictures and really kind of um just making such an effort behind it. So,
1: I don't know what I would do if I got a notification that said like comment from cuz it's from the Kensington Royal. Yeah. Instagram and it said, "See," I would be like, "Oh, <gasps> I know, and telling us that she's she loves being outside and gardening, like anything that I can see their personal lives. It's like, oh my god!
0: I know, I know. I would so freak out. I think that's a, that's really kind of exciting and cool. But it
1: does to, it does to me seem like they're taking a leaf out of, um, Megan and Harry's book with social media. Like M was a lot of times, yeah. They would sign off M. Um, I know William's done this too before, where he signed off like W or something. And I think that that's like, it. It's definitely. Um, you know a new kind of I think we'll be seeing a lot more and I've said this before like more personal personality coming through on their social media. But
0: my high is also
1: picturing Kate
0: kind of like does someone put time in her diary where she's just scrolling through instagram and finding or going through the hashtag like i love thinking of her just kind of like oh let me like watch the kids william like i gotta go and take care and make some comments here so it was like leave <laughs> comments 11 to 2 11 to 2 <laughs> <laughs> sign off seat. we're getting closer to that launch i can't wait to see the final
1: final uh award winners. the final pick yeah the final picks. good picks. luck to chris jackson yeah who submitted his photo yeah just a reminder before we close: leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Here is a real review from Ellie Stark. So I don't have an iPhone, and I'm using my husband's iPhone to leave this review. Recently, I found this podcast a few months ago. I love it. Glad to know there are others who love the Royals as much as me. Aww. Thank you, Thanks, Ellie, Ellie, for making every, taking every step to get this review up. I love. I it. love
0: that you you borrowed your husband's phone. That is commitment. That's
1: dedication, right there. Reminder to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. You can also drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. You can follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Bowie and Robbie. It's confusing. Robbie, (laughs) Roberta. (laughs) I know. I'll have to make this clear, more clear next time. By the way, can you hear my son drumming in the background? Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Time to go. All right. Till next week. (laughs) God God save save the pod. pod.
0: (laughs) Her majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a Gallery Podcast production.